Welcome to Leading from Alignment, a weekly podcast from Converge Coaching, where our passion is to help you lead better, lead longer, and enjoy it more. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Leading from Alignment. Uh, this is episode 181. And as you can tell, or you're, if you're watching, you'll, you're, you know right now, if you're listening, you're going to find out in just a second that my co-host, Jim Wiegand, is not able to uh, join us today. He is out. But uh, we have uh, a special guest with us today on the podcast, Pastor Chris Brooks. Chris Pastors uh, is the lead pastor of Woodside Bible Church, which is located, main campus is located in Troy, Michigan, with many campuses spread across uh, Southeast Michigan. Chris, welcome to the podcast today. Hey, if uh, if you guys just wanted a day off, you could have let me know. You can give Jim a hard time let him know. That if you did be with me, that was okay. No, I love being with you guys. I, I love the thought of leading from alignment. And obviously, super grateful for you, uh, John. It's great to be here. Chris, we've had you on the podcast before, but why don't you take just a minute uh, before we jump into the content for episode 181? Just tell us a little bit about yourself again, uh, maybe maybe a little yeah. of your background and what you're currently doing for those who didn't hear you the last time we had you on the podcast. Yeah, born and raised in Michigan. Uh, my dad was a high school teacher, social studies teacher. Uh, mom was in the telephone industry business. And I think that that is reflective in who I am, this combination of a passion for uh, both uh, teaching and uh, business. And for me, it all fleshed itself out in the pastorate. I spent some time before I um, went into pastoral ministry, working in the financial services industry as a financial advisor after graduating from Michigan State, um, but really found my sense of calling uh, and fulfillment and purpose in pastoral ministry. I pastored for 20 years uh, in inner city Detroit, a thriving church that was committed to uh, missions and evangelism and um, apologetics and just doing ministry as much as we can the, the right way. And uh, after that, uh, the Lord, after a short stint in Christian higher education, uh, called me here to Woodside Bible Church. And it's been um, just a great ride, obviously, through a lot of um, unexpected challenges, such as yeah. the global pandemic and social unrest. But through it all, really developing um, a community that sees the church as spiritual family has been our mission here. And I'm grateful for how it's coming together. You know, Chris, when we had you on the last time, uh, you talked about uh, this amazing, uh, I don't even know if I want to call it a program. I just think this amazing focus on yeah. the health of your pastor. <laughs> Uh, you yeah. and I have talked at length about what's going on in the lives of leaders. Um, yes. I've been on your radio show a few times uh, talking about the rate of anxiety and depression and burnout among leaders. And uh, so this is a subject that you and I have talked about at great length. Um, yes. And I know that it's near and dear to your heart, the health of leaders. And and I, I believe, and I could be wrong about this, that the... Um, the staff care uh, emphasis that you've had at Woodside is is probably a couple of years old now. Yeah. Um, and I and when you were with us last time, you 
you um, unpacked it for us, but could you give us a brief history of that effort at which yeah. time? It's amazing, John, when you think about how many books of recent have come out on resiliency and ministry, have come out on soul care, integration. Um, it's great in many ways to see this conversation getting legs and and, and spreading, but uh, you've been on the forefront of that, and I, I would be remiss if I didn't say have had a deep impact on me in a way that I've thought about it, and it's reflected within our church, but also authors like Pete Scazzaro as well, yeah. John Mark Homer, and others. Uh, but it's about three years old now. We just begin to think very deeply about where do we care well for our staff and where do we maybe have gaps. Uh, I think most churches have congregational care teams that are committed to providing marriage counseling, family support, crises management. If a member gets into a situation uh, that is overwhelming to them, but oftentimes um, our staff care plan is not as thorough as thought through or as uh, comprehensive. So we just wanted to make sure that we loved our staff well. We want Woodside to not only be a great place to worship, but a safe place to worship, a place where people uh, feel that, man, my soul is being cared for. And part of the reality of that, John, is that I'm convinced there's only two things that happen when um, someone's soul is not healthy. Either we're going to see a moral breakdown or a physical breakdown. And this yeah. is the reality of when a staff is burnt out. This is the reality of when a staff is not integrating well, uh, leading from alignment well. And so when we did our analysis, a couple of things stood out to us. Number one, we do really well when it comes to crises management, yeah, crises care. If it's yeah. a short term, someone's being evicted from their home, someone had a death in the family, someone's in ER, we show up, we're going to feed them, we're going to take care of their family. What we struggled with was long-term care. So mm -hmm. if someone, instead of being in ER, finds out, I got a cancer diagnosis, and I've got a four-year, five-year journey I want to walk through, that was harder for us. And then the other area that we found we didn't do as well in is preventative care. And so we kind of look at it as those three categories of care, preventative care, crises care, and long-term care. And so mm -hmm. we wanted to make sure we had a plan in place for all three stages of, of care for our, for our teams. And, and then uh, secondarily, we want to look at the whole family. So it's not okay. our employee has more going on in their life than just working for us. Yeah. And so how do we help them when they're not here? You know, I think just using higher ed as, a, as an example, John, I think the best schools have a game plan for student life outside of the classroom. It's been yeah. estimated that students on college campuses spend about 25% of their time in the classroom, 75% of their time outside. And if you're not thinking about how to engage that student outside, then you're going to end up losing that student or they're going to fail or, or drop yeah. out. So same for us, whatever percentage you assign to it, it's a smaller percentage of the time they spend at the church than what happens in their life outside of it. So we want to make sure that we have a plan for their parenting and supporting them there, 
their yeah. marriage, but they're married, supporting them there, their overall emotional and social and psychological health. We want to make sure we're supporting them. And it, and you know, when I hear you talk about that, Chris, it just, I, I mean, there's just energy that I feel on the inside because I care about this so much. Uh, we are three part beings, right? We body, soul, spirit, right. we're relational beings. And uh, and the and the health of the relationships that are most important human relationships um, have a huge impact on Absolutely. our well-being. They have a huge impact on our productivity as as leaders. And uh, so it's you know as you were sharing there, I didn't realize how comprehensive of a an approach that uh, you all are using at Woodside. Uh, I'm curious, Chris, from your perspective. What parts of the effort, of the focus on this seem to be working well for you? Yeah, I think the, the part that is, uh, there, there's parts that we anticipated would work well that haven't, and then there's parts that we didn't that do. Uh, so the part that's really nice is that we're a larger team, and, um, and so there's constantly... Um, interpersonal issues that have to be worked through with staff members. And so often historically, when interpersonal conflict happens, it doesn't end well. It hadn't ended well. What I am seeing has worked really well is having some place other than HR to go to with interpersonal issues and really honestly having a team in place other than just me. I certainly see myself as part of the uh, staff care team. But it's nice that uh, employees have a place where they can process through their questions, their concerns, their interpersonal issues. The other thing that has gone well is I've seen vast improvement in just the awareness that we are a three-part being. There's just a lot more awareness that healthiness is a goal for us. So if you were to talk to our team and ask them, and we've had external groups come in and ask our team, what are the goals? You'll hear more than just about attendance, more than just about budgets, more than just about conversions. All of those things have their place, but you'll also hear that we are committed to having a healthy staff and being a healthy church. So I think that's going really well also. Mm. Finally, I'll say, I think that we've done a lot of great things in prevention, making sure that um, we um, are thinking proactively about work-life balance, thinking Mm. proactively about um, um, how to handle conflict, those things that typically will take a person out. I'll throw one more in. I said that would be the last one more is I'm really grateful that we've been able to appreciate groups and teams and people uh, that are often overlooked. Part of what our staff care does for us is to celebrate teams and people and leaders. And so um, for us, that means uh, our custodians for us, that may mean, those who do security, you know, for us, teams that often may be overlooked that we've been able to celebrate, administrative staff, 
And I'm grateful that we've been able to do that. Yeah, I, you know, I was thinking about as you were sharing that last piece, uh, what a great place to work where you feel noticed, uh, where you kind of, you understand how your role contributes to the larger effort. Um, and there's appreciation extended to you, uh, and, and all of that. I think, I think we miss that sometimes, Chris, as leaders, uh, the the power yeah. of that. It really doesn't cost us much. Uh, costs us some time and some thoughtfulness, yeah. but the payoff of that is is amazing. And uh, so that's that's very cool that you're you're talking about even at that level how this. You know, it almost seems to me, Chris, like it's become since we talked last about this, and maybe I'm wrong, that it's become a little more per- more pervasive within yes. the culture at Woodside. Would that be an accurate thought? Yeah, I think that um, with more time, we've been able to b- build more awareness. We've yeah. also built it into uh, John our evaluative process. So okay. we, we use an evaluative process, just like most teams, where um, you're sitting down a couple times a year with your direct report to say, what are the goals? And uh, we have multiple categories, but one of the categories is health. What, what are the goals that we're going to set together to make sure that you remain healthy? And that could be a reading goal. That could be a sabbatical. That mm-hmm. could be a conference. But we're certainly going to talk through what does health look like? Now, again, I feel great about the progress we've made, um, but, but you and I know that um, what's, what's also accelerated pretty rapidly are the challenges facing people. You know, I just uh, did a, a radio program on uh, a report that just came out about sadness and loneliness among teenage girls. Yeah. And I see many of our leaders uh, with their own children, uh, going through pretty yes. intense issues. Marriages are facing pretty intense issues. The um, the repercussions of uh, many of the COVID policies are being felt. Obviously, economic pressures. So yeah. I would just simply say we still feel like we're fighting an uphill battle, but mm-hmm. with God's grace and by the power of his spirit, we feel like we're making real good progress on the health front. You know, I, I read uh, this last week that uh, 33, this came from the CDC, 33% of young girls uh, in the United States are uh, consi- have considered suicide. 33%. Yes. Yes. I don't know. That's shocking. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but the, but the reality behind that, John, is that um, social isolation has accelerated. So yes. girls who have friends that were a part of, you talk about the importance of, of relational strength, part of their uh, mental health, their friendships, you send them through multiple years where that's disconnected. I think right. the reports uh, from Instagram itself that have come out where you got a third of teens saying, Instagram makes me feel worse about myself, Mm. but yet I cannot stop logging in. So there's a social addiction there while at the same time knowing it is producing a lot of unhealth. And then 
There's also our parenting style. And I can be guilty of this too, which is uh, they call it lawnmower parenting. And that is let me mow down every obstacle that my kid ever encounters so that they won't feel any discomfort or challenge. And I know I'm tempted to parent that way. But when you think about it, overcoming some of those obstacles is what made us who we are. And when we mow down every obstacle for our kids, we aren't preparing them for the real world. So when they face that, yeah, it's going to be overwhelming for them. So I'm not down on this generation. I'm, I'm, I'm very much pro Gen Z pro millennials. I think they have so much that they they're teaching us so much to offer. Um, My heart is heavy for all that they're facing though. But as it pertains to staff health, if you want to know what we're thinking about now, we're really thinking about uh, kids, the kids of our staff. So much of it started, if I could just say the progression, it started with us thinking about the staff member themselves. Then we started thinking about marriages. Now we're thinking about kids. And what do we do to engage them so that their story, here's the thing. You and I know the typical story of a PK is that, man, ministry pulled my parent away from us. We were less healthy because of their ministry commitments. They were, my, my my mom or dad were more lonely, more drained, less available. And so this has been the story of many generations of PKs. Now, in previous generations, there was almost this uh, happy sacrifice, this sense of we're sacrificing so that dad or mom could serve Jesus and do great things. But somewhere along the way, that turned to resentment. And now you got generations who deeply resent the fact that mom and dad were called by Jesus serving the church traveling the globe, ministering to people. And so with this generation, I hope that their story is, yeah, I came from a church that cared for us well. I came from a church that provided opportunities for me to have space to talk through as a teenager, my obstacles that sent us on vacation, that provided counseling for us, this is a therapeutic generation. And so those types of things uh, are things that we're thinking about. Yeah. Wow. You know, one of the things I've, I've admired about you, Chris, uh, and I've seen this a, a little bit from a distance, um, is the priority of your family. Yeah. Yeah. I, I see uh, shots of you on yes. social media with your kids, with your wife. And um, as a as a person who's called to come alongside leaders and help, um, I watch that. And I just think uh, I'm happy for you, first of all, and your wife and your children. But I, I'm just I'm just gratified by the message that that is sending. Uh, you know, um, when 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 you and I pass from this life i'm pretty sure none of our clients are going to be there yeah that's right probably none of our congregational members are going to be there who's going to be there our kids it's going to be and and i and i i feel i'm so grateful for that 
emphasis for that perspective. Um, I think it's incredibly healthy and, and, and the priority of it just seems uh, right to me, Chris. So, man, that's yeah. so cool. Thank you. Yeah. I, you know, I, I love my family and, and right back at you. Cause I know the same to be true about you. And, you know, I, I definitely don't want to, um, forsake our first ministry. And I just really do believe right. first ministry is, um, is family. I had a, a, a older leader say to me once we were in a conversation and I told him about, he said, how many kids do you got? And I told him how many kids I had and, and what was going on with my family. He says, Chris, you know, you're a wealthy man. Mm-hmm. And I said, what do you mean by that? And, uh, he says, you know, wealth isn't measured in dollars and cents. It's measured in the family and the people you love. And, uh, and, and, and I just, you know, believe that, that man, my long-term story is going to be my relationships and, uh, hopefully my yeah. family relationships tell the best of our story. Yeah, that's so good. Well, Chris, we're starting to butt up against time, but I have one more question for you because sure. I know that there, there are, uh, leaders who are listening to this or watching this who um and they have churches of multiple different sizes yes. um, uh, very few of them are probably the size of woodside but many of our listeners have churches of 100 150 200 yeah. 500 and and this whole thought process of staff care might seem like this overwhelming like thing and and uh what would you, how could a church, regardless of its size, get started with a similar effort to care for their leaders and their leaders' families? Yeah, I would say, number one, man, what a blessing it is if you can get this early. It's almost like the smaller, the better. It's much harder to try to implement something like this later on when yeah. cultural systems are, are set and uh, not necessarily conducive for it. Uh, but but I will say that, man, just start talking about it as a value. Make it one of your values that we care for our people and we want to make sure those that work here are cared for well. Make it a value and, uh, and, and honor that value. And then set some simple goals that you're going to put in place. Like, for example sabbath rhythms you know i don't care what yeah. size you are having um a day a week that you even in my previous church which was much smaller than woodside we had a day a week where we tried to enforce to the staff hey you need that day a week for your own family and then as a pastor i would say try to model health as much as you can and as you do talk to your team about why you are modeling health or why you're making some of the sacrifices that you're making in ministry. Sometimes we have sacrificed health at the altar of productivity, but in the long term, our sustainability depends on the health of our own soul. And I don't want to be the next statistic, John. I don't want to be the next story that you hear of a pastor who fell because of private or secret sins or didn't integrate my faith well. I wanted, and, and all of that is God's grace, but I want to have a testimony. And so I would say, make it a value, set some simple goals, maybe some books you guys can read, 
reach out and get advice and counsel like I have from people like yourself and, uh, and just start there. Awesome. Well, Chris, thank you so much for uh, spending time with us today. And if uh, you're listening or watching and you'd like to uh, reach out uh, to us here at Converge Coaching, it's very simple. Just go to convergecoach.com and click on the contact us button. And that uh, gives you a free 30 minute conversation with somebody on our team. And uh, maybe that's all you're going to need is 30 minutes just uh, with somebody who uh, uh, is dispassionate, a dispassionate listener uh, and uh, can uh, hear you out. And maybe you'll need more than that. And we have ways to help you. And and oftentimes uh, we get calls uh, for help and it's outside of our lane. And uh, but we have a good network and we're able to connect you to somebody who can help you. So we uh we appreciate what all of you who are listening and watching do for a living. Uh, we know that there is great re reward in pastoral ministry, but there's also uh, great challenges. And uh, we're here to cheer you on as you continue to lead from alignment.